You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Let's look in our Bibles at Psalm 55, please. Psalm 55. We started this psalm last week and gave you about nine thoughts from uh, mostly from the first uh, portion of this psalm. We ended in verse 22, and that was uh, where we see that God is our help. Verse 22, cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. Uh, he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. And I'm glad that God is our help. Remember last week, we saw those pictures on the screen of a dove, and a dove pictures running from the problem which is human nature. That's what we like to do. But the Bible tells us that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. And I hope this week, I hope you've trusted in God's strength uh, not to run from the problems, but to rise above the problems and to see God work uh, in your life. Don't quit. Don't, don't throw in the towel. We give up so quickly. Uh, don't give up on God. Don't give up on his word. Uh, just keep trusting. Notice with me Psalm 55. This, it's, it's interesting how this is working tonight with our uh, time of the Lord's Supper because this psalm is speaking of David and a situation that he faced, but there's also application and there's also some prophecy here about something that Jesus faced in his ministry. The Bible says in Matthew 26, and you don't have to turn there, but hold your place in Psalm 55. It says in Matthew 26 that Jesus was having his last supper with his disciples before he would go to the cross. And it says in verse number 23, and he answered and said, he that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Verse 25, Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said unto him, Master, is it I? Can you imagine the audacity? Can you imagine the nerve of Judas who is there in that room with those disciples and with Jesus. And Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. And Judas knew it was him. But he still asks the question. I don't know if he was being sarcastic. I don't know if he was flaunting it like, yeah, I'm going to do that. What's the big deal? And by the way, none of the other disciples ever believed it. None of the other disciples would have believed it because Judas was the one that was probably the most trusted. But Jesus answered Judas, and he said unto him, verse 25, thou hast said. He said, yeah, exactly like you're saying. You're right, it's you. Verse number 26, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and um, uh, blessed it and break it and gave to the disciples. And he said, take, eat, this is my body. And we see the pas passage even of the Lord's Supper. Then we get over to verse number 47, and this is Jesus in the garden. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the 12, came and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign saying, whomsoever I shall kiss, 
that same is he. Hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Can you imagine that interaction in the Garden of Gethsemane? Here is Judas leading a group of soldiers to betray not just the Messiah, not just this prophet, not just this great man, not just the Son of God, but came to betray his own friend, someone that he had served with, someone that he had lived with, someone that he had been with for these three and a half years every single day, and now he's betraying that person. Psalm 55, the Bible says in verse number 12, it says, for it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me, then I would have hid myself from him, but it was thou, a man mine equal, my guide and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into hell for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. We see in this passage, Psalm 55, we see that David talks about what to do when you're betrayed. And in Matthew 26, we see how Jesus was betrayed. And I'd like to talk to you about this. And I, I know you're thinking, well, yeah, you know, somebody betrayed me once and uh, I'm not trying to bring up your past. I'm not trying to bring up bad memories. But I do want to flip the script a little bit tonight and I want to tell you that every one of us, except for the grace of God, we have the potential to betray Jesus just like Judas did. And don't, please don't say, oh, it'll never happen to me. Because the Bible says, wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Better Christians than us have betrayed the Lord. How about this? How about Peter? How about Peter, the man that said, Lord, I'll never leave you. I'll stay with you till the end. And then he denied the Lord three times. Well, I'm thankful that Peter's story doesn't end there. I'm thankful that Peter got right with God. I'm thankful that God used Peter. But every one of us could be guilty of this very thing if we don't every day guard our relationship with the Lord. Our Father, I pray you'd speak to us in these few moments I pray that you'd open up the pages of Scripture and uh, may we be helped and may we be blessed and challenged tonight as we look at your word. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. David in Psalm 55, he spends the first part of the, ver uh, the chapter in the psalm and he talks about his heart being sore pained and fearfulness and trembling and all of that. Well, what happened? David had been betrayed by his own son, Absalom. David had been betrayed by his trusted advisor, Ahithophel. And David truly felt like his world was coming to an end. He had lost his kingdom because David would not stay and he would not fight against his own son. Rather, he fled for his life, but also to avoid the confrontation of having to defeat and to fight and to kill his son and to ultimately split the kingdom. So we see in beginning in verse number nine, we see a couple words I'll give you. Number one is we see the word destruction. David prays and he says, destroy, O Lord, 
and divide their tongues, for I have seen violence and strife in the city. David was praying that God would judge the enemies and destroy them. Now, hang on. Is that how David felt about Absalom, his son? Did he want his son Absalom to be killed? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, he gave his soldiers direct orders. He said, please uh, treat the young man with kindness and please don't hurt him. David didn't want to see his son killed. David didn't want to see his dear friend Ahithophel killed. But here's the situation David was in. He knew that the kingdom was at stake. And David knew that these were enemies that had risen up against him. And David was the man that God had anointed to be king of Israel. And so David knew that if the enemies were not destroyed, he knew that there would be innocent people that would be destroyed. So please don't leave from here and say, pastor just said we ought to pray that God would destroy all of our enemies. That's not the way we ought to pray. But we should pray that God would protect the innocent people. We should pray that God would change the hearts and we should pray that God would bring people to a realization of the error of their ways so that they could get right. Can I tell you, Judas betrayed the Lord, but it was not Jesus' desire for Judas to be destroyed. Judas went out and Judas hung himself. Judas took his own life, but can I tell you, Jesus loved Judas even till the very end. So we see, number one, the destruction. Number two, we see the deception. Verse number nine, it says, destroy and divide their tongues. That word divide, it means to split. And David prayed that God would split the counsel of the enemies. Now, I won't have you turn there for sake of time, but in 2 Samuel 17, God answered this prayer because Ahithophel came to Absalom and he said, Absalom, here's what we need to do. Here's what we got to do to get David. Here's what we need to do. And Absalom did not follow the counsel of Ahithophel. And when Absalom saw that his counsel was not followed, he set his house in order and he went out and he took his own life. So God did divide the council. God did divide the tongues of those that would rise up against David. God answered that prayer. The events in this story from Psalm 55, these are a direct result, I believe, a direct result of David's prayer about the situation. Now, I don't know what your situation is, but I'll tell you this. You can take matters into your own hands and you can make a mess of things, or you can pray about it, and you can let God handle it. And can I tell you, when we try to handle things, we make a mess of things, but when God handles things, it's amazing how he takes care of a job. It's amazing how God is in control. And David prayed, and God answered the prayer. Verse 10, day and night, they go about it upon the walls thereof. Mischief also and sorrow are in the midst of it. David said, Jerusalem used to be such a great place, but now it is a place of wickedness. David was burdened for the city because he knew how these people would be hurt and these people would be destroyed because of the influence in Jerusalem. Number two, we see the deception. Verse 11, wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile depart not from her streets. Chaos had taken over Jerusalem. The king had been overthrown by Absalom. You say, well, 
Was it a fair election? <laughs> no, it wasn't an election. It was a revolt. It was a rebellion. And Absalom, who was not intended to be the king and certainly not intended to be the king at that time, Absalom decided he wanted something that his father David had. Can I tell you, watch out when people are trying to get their way and people are trying to get you what get you to do what they want you to do. Be very careful because people will lie to you. I don't have to tell you that. You know you've been around the block. You've lived, you've lived longer than a week. You know people will lie. But I want to tell you this. May it not be said of God's people. May it not be said of God's people that uh, at work or at home that we would lie and that we would deceive and that we would uh, uh, spread falsehoods. And may it not be said of God's people that we would be deceptive. I want to remind you, God hates lying. God hates lying to your spouse. God hates lying to your parents. God hates lying to your boss. God hates lying to one another. God hates lying. And you say, well, what about lying? Yeah, he hates that too. God hates it. And here we see that deception had taken over the city. Verse 11, verse 12, David says, it was not an enemy that reproached me. He said, if it would have been an enemy. David said, you know, when, when it was Goliath, when he said he wanted to kill me, I wasn't surprised by that. He was a Philistine. He was an enemy of God. He was an enemy of God's people. But David said, I could have handled that. But he said, I couldn't handle it when it was my own son. Couldn't handle it when it was my best friend. I couldn't handle it when it was my trusted advisor. And David talks about the betrayal and he said it was, verse 13, it was a man that was mine equal and my guide and mine acquaintance. I'm reminded of the passage we read in Matthew 26 where Judas betrayed the Son of God. We see number three, the double crossing. David was betrayed. David was uh, uh, taken advantage of. David was overthrown by his own family and his own friends. There will be times in your life where you will be hurt by your own family. There will be times in life when you will be hurt by your own friends. But I want to say when people let you down and when people disappoint you, let, let me remind you, that's not a reflection on the Lord. Because I'm glad to tell you tonight that Jesus will never let you down. Jesus will never fail you. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And number three, they ex David experienced double crossing. He experienced betrayal. Verse 14, we took sweet counsel together. We walked unto the house of God in company. I hate to say it, but someday it may be a church member that will hurt you. It may be somebody that you taught a Sunday school class together or you sang in the choir together or you worked on a bus route together or you worked in junior church together. And I hate to say that. I hope that never happens. But if you live long enough and you stay in the ministry long enough, there will be times where people will hurt you. But can I tell you, they'll hurt you at work too. And you'll have neighbors and you'll have friends and you'll have business partners and you'll have people that will let you down. It's a fact of life that people will let you down. But I'm glad that Jesus never fails. We see that David experienced this from people that he even went to church with. Verse 15, we see death. Verse 15, let death Seize upon them, let them go down quick into hell, for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. 
David, as a king and as a man of war, he prays that God would execute judgment and justice on these people who were the enemies of God. David didn't want Absalom to die. He didn't want to see his best friend Ahithophel die, but David knew that God had to execute judgment for the sake of the nation. These men were deceitful men. These were not innocent men. We see in verse number 16, David's decision. David says in verse 16, as for me, I will call upon, what does it say? I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Number five, I see David's decision. David came to a point in his life, and please, if you hear, if you hear nothing else I've said, which I hope that doesn't I hope that doesn't uh, become applicable. Like, yeah, I haven't heard anything else you've said, Pastor, but what is it we're supposed to hear now? But if you hear nothing else I have said tonight, I hope you hear this. You're gonna be faced with a decision in your life because you're gonna be hurt. Brother Graham, I think about you and your wife. You've been in ministry a long time and you haven't told me about it, but I'm sure there have been times that you've been hurt. I think about on the same road, the souls that you've been in church, you've been in ministry a long time. I'm sure there's times you've been hurt. I think about the Dixons back here and the Jordans and the, the Bryants, the Glovers and the Moody's and we got the Paxtons and we got the Morrises and the Bethany's and the Shells. We got, we got a lot of folks over here. You've been in church a long time. I promise you, you've been hurt. There's no doubt about it. That's not even up for debate. I know you have. We all have. But at some point, you're going to have to make a decision. And that decision is, are you going to focus on the hurt for the rest of your life? Or are you going to turn your eyes to the Lord? And that's your decision. I can't make it for you. If you're going to spend your whole life, and, and I love this, this piano. I'm thankful for this piano. This piano is not a bad piano, Okay. It's an inanimate object, so it's never hurt me, okay? Even when I've had to lift it, it's never hurt me, all right? But if I just said, you know, this piano, this piano hurt me. This piano let me down. I don't even like this piano. I don't even like where the piano is. I don't like how it sounds. I don't like this piano. Well, I'd walk into church every time, and you know what I'd do? I'd fixate on that piano. Oh, that mean old piano. Oh, that piano. Oh, what are we gonna do with that piano? But you know, you're gonna have to decide if you're gonna keep your eyes on the problem or if you're gonna get your eyes on the Lord. And that's where David was. And by the way, you say, well, my friend at work, they hurt my feelings. I'm sorry for that. But David had a son who was trying to kill him. David had a trusted advisor, a trusted counselor who betrayed him and tried to have him killed. Now, I do not, please don't come afterwards and tell me about anybody who's tried to kill you, okay? I don't know of anybody like that. Maybe it's happened. But I'll say this, David still had to make a decision. He had to decide if he was gonna focus on the betrayal or if he was gonna focus on the Lord. In verse number 16, David says, as for me. Now, wait a minute. I thought we were talking about Ahithophel. I thought we were talking about Absalom. I thought we were talking about Judas, who I believe prophetically is included in this psalm. I thought we were talking about those people. Not anymore. 
Because our life is not about the people that have hurt us. Our life is about the person who gave his life for us so that we could be helped. And David said, as for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. There's a decision. You've got to make a decision. There's got to be a turning point. There's got to be a focus away from the enemy and a focus on God. David knew that God would save him. God knew that David would deliver him from the enemies and from the rebels. Verse number 17, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. David says, and by the way, the Jewish day began the night before. And so David said, when I start my day in the evening and then in the, the morning and then at noon, all throughout the day, I'm just gonna keep on praying. I'm gonna keep on trusting God. I'm gonna keep on crying out and I know that God will hear me. Number six, the word is deliverance. David knew that the answer was coming from God. He knew that God would hear his voice. And verse 18, he hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me for there were many with me. Number six, the word is deliverance. David believed that God would deliver him. By the way, God did deliver him. You see, within a matter of days, God wiped out the enemy. God wiped out Ahithophel. God wiped out Absalom. God answered David's prayer. And David is praying. The whole world, it seems like, is against him. But David said, I'm not focused on everything against me. I'm focused on the one that's for me. And if God be for us, who can be against us? David's focus was on his deliverance and that was found in God. But I want you to notice in verse number 18, it says, he that delivered my soul in peace from the battle, he hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. And that's God. God delivered him. But then it says, there were many with me. Now, I understand the Bible says that there are more that be with us than that be with them and where we are uh, more than conquerors through Christ. I understand that. But I believe here David is talking about the people that came to him after he fled. Did you know that there were some mighty men? They weren't mighty at the time. At the time, they were pretty broken down and pretty beat up. But there were some people that gathered themselves around David and they said, David... We're with you. David, you can count on us. David, I know that everybody else, it seems like, is against you, but we're with you. Aren't you thankful for people like that in your life? I tell you, I've had a lot of folks like that in my life. I've had a lot of folks that didn't know what I was going through, but God, God told them, said, hey, call that pastor. He needs some encouragement. Or I'll get a text message, or I'll get a note in the mail, and I'll think, praise God for people that stand with us even through the battle. I think about Brother Bybee, Brother Bill Bybee is here, and I probably don't say this enough, but Brother Bill Bybee and his wife, Becky, they were dear friends to my mom and dad for all those years. I'll tell you, they were faithful, they were loyal, they were like this verse right here. They were people that gathered themselves to the pastor. They were people that gathered themselves, the pastor's wife. When there was trouble, when there was discouragement, can I tell you, there were some folks that you could count on. We could go all through this room and we could talk about so many folks in here 
that you're the same way. Can I tell you? God has used you. God will use you. And God will use us when we rally together, when we encourage one another. God delivered David from the battle. It says, for there were many with me. Start focusing on the people that are with you and stop focusing on the people that are against you. Just be thankful for the ones that God sends your way. We see deliverance. But then number seven, I see direction. It says in verse number 19, God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth of old, Selah, because they have no changes, therefore they fear not God. It's an interesting psalm because David is talking about those who do not fear God, those who are not willing to change and get right. David says the wicked have not changed. They continue in their wickedness. They have no fear of God. But David did change. And here's how David changed. David allowed his trials to get his focus back on God. I don't know if, if David before the overthrow of the kingdom, I don't know if David, maybe he was patting himself on the back. Maybe he thought he had it all figured out. Maybe he was caught off guard by Absalom. I don't know all that. But I know that when the battle came and the trial came, David said, I'm gonna get my eyes back on the Lord. I wanna encourage you to direct your attention and direct your focus on our Savior. Focus on God. Focus on his power. Verse number 20, I see number eight, the delusion. He hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. David remembers how his friends turned on him when he was at peace with them. They broke their promises. They are the ones that turned against David. There was delusion. He thought things were good. He thought there was peace. But these people turned on him. Verse number 21, I see that they were dishonest. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but what was in his heart, his words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. We see in verse number 21 that there was dishonesty. The Bible warns in the book of Proverbs, beware of those who flatter you because they're trying to get something out of you. And may that be a good reminder to us that when you pass out compliments and when you encourage people, and we should, don't encourage somebody for what you can get out of them, but encourage somebody for the sake of helping them and being a blessing to them. David talks about the dishonesty, verse number 21. But then I see lastly, number 10, I see the devotion. And it's found in verse number 22 where David says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. And then verse 23, David says, but thou, O God, shall bring them down into the pit of destruction, bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in thee. God did destroy the wicked as David knew God would. God did bring Absalom and Ahithophel to judgment as David knew that God would do. But David said this, he said, my devotion and my focus and my commitment is that I will trust in God. And I want to remind you tonight, whatever you're going through, whatever the, whatever the situation is,
you're gonna have to get your devotion nailed down. You're gonna have to make your decision tonight that I'm not gonna focus on the enemy. I'm gonna focus on the captain of my salvation. I'm gonna focus on the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and my focus is not on the problem. My focus is on the one who has the answer. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.